then, you know, not having Lenore leaves a little hole in my heart. Welcome to episode number 22 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Les, and my co-host today is Dee. Sadly, Lenore is off doing family things. Tonight, we're going to be talking about post-NaNoWriMo editing, or longer form editing. But first, let's talk about what we're drinking and writing with. Dee, what's your medium and what's your poison? Um, I am writing with a General's Badger. I'm actually almost done with it. Hmm. It's probably got about one more sharpen left in it. I basically use a pencil until it doesn't lean on the part of my hand between my thumb and index finger. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I've been writing in my, um, I think it's pen and gear, those notebooks I got from Walmart a couple mm-hmm. months ago. Yeah. <clears throat> and I am drinking a flat white from Starbucks. How is your flat white? Is it as crappy as mine was? No, my my Starbucks that I go to, so there's <sighs> there's very few Starbucks that can pull off a flat white, but the one that I go to actually comes close to being what a flat white is. Mm. Um, and it sucks because I had to switch to decaf this week. Um, I had an issue with heart palpitations. Doctors like no caffeine. I don't want to risk it. So I can't even get the blonde roast anymore, which I liked. Uh. <clears throat> I know, but I'd rather not have to deal with the consequences so well, no course. my flat white is legit like like that first sip that the the foam was like velvety smooth i mean i even opened the lid to look at the presentation and it looked like the picture i am jealous <laughs> yeah because i heard about your flat white fiasco yeah that was just wrong 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 on so many levels and if you're paying like almost i think I pay so I so I get a grande vanilla flat white. Mm-hmm. So that comes to like almost five dollars or a little over five dollars. I don't know because I use the Starbucks app. Um, so it like that's a lot of money. So I want to get something made correctly. Right. Absolutely. So I agree. But what about you? So yesterday after work, I got home super early. It was um, I scheduled oh. my last client at two instead of for three, but my um, acting director needed help, and so like I helped mm-hmm. her out for an extra half hour after my client left. So I got home at four thirty ish, and I was able to go to the local cafe Gusto and have afternoon coffee. Um, but I also picked up a ridiculously expensive uh, bag of Verve Guatemala La Esperanza, which Mm -hmm. is so tasty. It is really delicious. Um, So I brewed up a big pot of that, um, thinking that Christy was going to drink half of it before she left to go and meet with her friend. And she (laughs) she instead took a bath, got ready, and left, and I got to drink the whole pot of it. So I'm super caffeinated. God. <laughs> well, and when I say when I say I brewed a full pot of it, I mean it's like four cups because I brew pour okay. over. Okay. Um, so it's really, and I, I'm talking like four ten ounce cups, not four sixteen ounce cups. Okay. Um, so it's yeah, I'm not like giving myself heart palpitations right now, <laughs> but I am really caffeinated. That's um, funny. 
So, yeah, it's really delicious, and I can't let it go to waste. No, of course you not. Know? And we don't, like, I can't nuke it either, because that, well, first off, that would ruin the taste, but we yeah. also, our microwave died. Oh, God. Yeah, like, I <laughs> I was making popcorn, and it was shooting sparks oh. across, like, the 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 microwave itself, and then where the little, I don't know what you call it, like, there's the little area where the microwaves come out of there's like this little square it was uh-huh. sparking it was super scary it was sparking behind Jeez. that so i was like yeah now we've just we've got to go and buy a new microwave but yeah um, <laughs> it's so it was like ah it's gonna light on fire yeah <laughs> well, that's not good only me right o- only of course. yeah that's like only the sort of thing that would happen to me and of course i was like well i could probably take it apart and i'm like no not a microwave no. I, I there are many things i can take apart and fix but not a microwave yeah not going there um so i am writing with a 16.2 Okay. And despite the controver- controversy around it, I really like it. And this one you sent me, or actually gave me the last time we got together. So thank you. I quite enjoy it. You're welcome. And I continue to be working through my Baron Fig <clears throat> train of thought that I use for podcasting. Cool. So um, what's exciting for you? Um, so all of my data collection is pretty much done. Um, I know, right? Well, the company that we paid got us all of our data in three days, which is amazing. I guess that's what you pay for. Yeah, really. Um, So now I get the fun task of cleaning up the data. So, and it's really kind of annoying because, you know, we asked participant age, but instead of giving an age range, um, Mm -hmm. We just left an empty box because this way when you, yeah, like when you plot it out, if you have an age range, it's going to bunch everything together and it's just not going to look pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, So if we let people enter their own age and then sort that, you know, the the little plot points will will be spread out and it'll look a lot better and easier, you know, be easier to decipher. But what's stupid is Qualtrics, which is a super expensive survey. Oh, yeah. I used it. Um, Yeah. So. The way it happens, so people put their age in, but if they hit, like, space after it, it, like, uh, causes, like, a blip in, like, the, the data. So it, it records what numbers they put in, mm-hmm. but the space, like, messes it up, and so I got to go in and, you know, move, remove spaces. And then uh. some people put the year of their birth, so I got to fix that. Um, and then also we asked uh, ethnic, right, you know questions about race and ethnicity um and left that as a box too instead you know because I, I didn't want to just say southeast asian or you know north african right um i wanted to see specific countries and and you know where you're from and all that stuff and some of the responses there are a little much um yeah so some are some are pretty uh I mean, we can delete this, but someone put the N-word as their race. Oh, my God. <laughs> so. What? And we, yeah. So. <laughs> so, yeah. So. <sighs> I got to clean. I got to clean the data. Well, um, how, how do you even dice- decipher that? Is that like. Uh, well. Uh, <laughs> or do you yeah. just do you just throw it out? Do you, is that like a data point that you can't use? Well, since we have 430 respondents, <clears throat> I got to ask my my you know, advisor of what to do. I mean, I obviously know what they mean. 
But I don't want... Well, you, you know. don't necessarily. True. Because true? that's... Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. So, yeah. So, stuff like that. Um, so, that's fun. That's going. I'm in the writing phase of my thesis, which is horrible, but also exciting. Yeah. Um, and... On the fun side of things, I started playing with my Nintendo Switch again, which is not such a great idea when I'm trying to write a thesis. Uh, but we had a snow day here, mm-hmm. and um, I decided to give myself like a day off. And I picked up the Switch, um, and I really kind of haven't put it down since. So I ordered a couple games. Um, Super Mario Odyssey was a game that I wanted to play. I'm a huge Nintendo fan, so that was just... A no-brainer. And Stardew Valley, which is like a little uh, farming game. It's on like every platform. PC. Mm-hmm. It's super cheap. It's like 15 bucks. Um, and it's basically like a farming simulator. So <laughs> it's kind of zen, you know. Um, so that's what I've been doing with my time. But mm-hmm. I need to not play Nintendo Switch so much. <laughs> so what about you? What's, what's exciting for you? I, um, so I just... Like, I've been keeping track of how much I've been reading via Goodreads, and I've read 91 books, novellas, short stories, and whatnot over, since January 1st. Holy God. Yeah. I Well, I've kind of given up being on social media. Like, I, I have my um, lesbian story hour after my afternoon... What, what, what have I been calling it on Twitter? My afternoon lesbian story hour... um that i do on twitter where basically like i tell a short story about my past okay uh which has been kind of interesting because it's like i'm i'm a big believer in the personal is political and what i've been getting some really great feedback about it like i'm picking kind of like funny stories but also somewhat sad stories like i told Mm -hmm. the story about my ex who kind of stalked me um, yep. and came over to my house with a shotgun and a 30 pack of beer trying to repair our relationship. Oh God. <laughs> it, well, I mean, you're from Maine. So. I'm, yeah. I'm from Maine where mixing a 30 pack of beer and a shotgun is not unusual. Yeah. But, I'm from New Jersey. I mean, that doesn't fly. Yeah. That, I mean, every time I tell, like when I tell that story to people from Maine, they're like, yeah, you know, it's not unusual to have a shotgun in your trunk. And when I tell it down here, people are like, Oh my God, was she going to kill you? It's like, no, no, she was, she was going out skeet shooting the next day and the 30 pack was for the party. There was, you know, the shotgun was not for me. Like, it was just, she just happened to have it in the car. Um, So yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's like kind of like a cultural joke kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so I've been telling stories like that. And I've been getting some really good feedback and some private messages from people saying that they really enjoy it. Um, also it's like, I'm so pissed off about the fascists stealing my haircut that I feel like I have to use their platform to tell queer stories. So, um, I'm taking Twitter back and I'm telling queer stories. It's also really funny because I've had a lot of people start to follow me for, um, the podcast, I think, Uh um, or from like a couple of different places and they seem to be following me for my pen, pencil and stationary stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. but many of them, um, lean politically different than I do, which I don't really care about as long as they're not a jerk about who I am. But then like, I've been getting all of these followers just as I like start lesbian story hour. Right. What what is this? (laughs) I'm sure they're like, (laughs) 
Alright, unfollow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, I've been getting a kind of a kick out of that. Um, but so I'll, I've been reading like crazy and I'm really excited. I just got V.E. Schwab's A Conjuring of Light from the library. It's been, I've had it on hold for like three months. And I, it's, I'm very sad that it's the end of the series. Uh, but the book is so good and she writes so well. I'm like really looking forward to that. Um, and in terms of um, stuff that has just come out, Baron Fig just came out with their Millennial Pink uh, leather covers and pen cases. Yes. Um, you know, I really want to love them. I don't. Uh, yeah, I I like the color. I just I don't want to put a cover on my confidant. I don't no. see the necessity for. It. I I understand why you'd want one of the pen cases though, because. I continually throw mine in my pocket and I ruin pants. So many yeah. pants ruined with my squire. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I could, I almost want to cover my confidant sometimes because, um, like the limited edition one that I have, yeah. um, I've been using as a, a personal journal. Mm -hmm. So I throw it in my bag, but like I, you know, I write in it at home. It cat hair clings to that thing. <laughs> like, I need a lint roller. So like I could see myself using a case, you know, a cover, but I just, I don't know. I, I got the email and I was like, yeah, I'll pass man. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, see like the other, thrown. the other thing that I find with the limited edition covers is that I, I like to touch them, you know, like, like the raspberry honey or, oh, yeah. um, the lock and key. Like yes. they feel really cool. Oh, I know. Putting a cover on them kind <clears throat> of, like negates the coolness and the touch and the feel of the cover yeah no i i, I feel you um but but even with i i do need um a pen like sheath because i had a problem luckily it was jeans and they're dark blue jeans mm. but uh I, I threw the pen in my pocket and it must have oh. half twisted open yep um, that's what it does <laughs> So, like, a tiny little microscopic dot, but the inside of the pocket, like, I turned it inside out, and it's a huge, like... Oh, yeah. You know? Um, yep. So, I, I really need to get one of those. Maybe I'll get it in yellow to match my wallet. That <laughs> I, well, it's not a wallet, but I use it as a wallet. Oh, yeah. You like you like your... What do they call it? Cover. The Guardian. Guardian. Um, I love it. I actually don't have a notebook in it. I, I started with a notebook in it, but, like, I never use a notebook in my wallet. You know what I mean? Like... Mm -hmm. So I use the, the left side of it for my cards, and then the right side where the notebook cover would slide under is where I put my money. Nice. When I have it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I usually never carry cash, but, you know, it's... Yeah, I'm the it's same just, way. It just fits in my pocket. I almost wish that Baron Fig would release an actual wallet, mm. or even, like, one of those, um, like, card holders kind of thing. Like what I have? Yes. They need to do that, because I'd be all over that. Just just go to Courtier Leather. I know. They're based out of Cape Cod. Cool, local. Yeah. And um, if you do a grab bag, they do these grab bag things. Like, I got uh -huh. my card case and a little change purse that I use for my headphones for uh -huh. 25 bucks. Oh, that's a deal. And they often have um, sales. So, cool. um, if you follow... I'll put a link in the show notes. If you follow their Instagram... They mm -hmm. will put up a next five orders, 50% off or next, um, five orders, 30% off sales pretty often on Instagram. 
Nice. So, yeah, if you keep an eye on that, you can find some really good deals. Cool. So anyway. All right, do you want to get into the main topic? Absolutely. So um, I wanted to talk about preparation and longer form editing because I've been editing my the first half of my NaNoWriMo novel. Um, so I started out by opening, so I do, I do my first round of writing in Jotterpad and then I open it up and transfer it into Google Docs. Then from there, I let, um, I let Grammarly and Google Docs, um, sort out some of the word choice errors and basic grammar mistakes, um, which is pretty intuitive, I think, with Grammarly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it kind of like, you know, you just click and pick and it, and it opens things up and it makes it pretty easy to do the first pass of edits yeah. right in the computer. Cause I have, I have a really hard time editing on screen. I, I feel you. I'm the same way. Um, it's really hard for me, especially with my thesis. Yeah. I just, I, there's something about seeing the mistake I made. I mean, I could always, in Google Docs, you can always do, like, um, suggested edits so you can see what you've changed. But it's just yeah. clunky and busy. So yeah. I agree with you. Um, so, but you know what's interesting? Like, depending on what I'm, what kind of screen I'm looking at, like, if I open it up in a tablet and I'm looking at it in the same way I look at, like, an ebook uh-huh. or something in Kindle... I pick out grammar mistakes and basic errors really easily. And I think part of that is because as I'm reading more self-published work, I'm noticing grammar mistakes and typos in self-published work pretty easily now. So I'm noticing my own errors on a tablet, but not on my laptop. Huh. Which is interesting because you think one screen is another screen is another screen. I was going to say, yeah. But it's different. That's I don't, interesting. I, and I think part of it is that I'm holding it in my hand versus sitting at a desk and staring at a screen. True. Like, you're closer to the screen and you're holding it. Like, yeah. you don't hold your computer monitor. Right. So, I, I don't, and it's also, it's less, I don't know, formal, I guess, in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very, it's like I'm reading a book instead of like, I'm sitting down to edit. Um, so then I set up my dock to print with double spacing and pick up some bicolor pencils and post-it flags and print it on the finest, cheapest, crappiest paper. Okay. Um, and then I just, like, I went through and I marked up errors with red, used the blue end to point out issues with the text and write, like, if I had, like, sentences that I felt needed to be moved, I'd circle that in the blue and then, you know, okay, this paragraph should go here instead of there. Um, and then, like, if I had continuity mistakes, um, Mm -hmm. I would flag it with a post-it tab so that I would know like, Hey, there's something wrong here. Like there are a couple of spaces where I use the wrong character's name. Okay. Um, 
or like I hadn't picked out a character's name. So I had first name, last name, all caps put in. Um, and so like sometimes when I can't think of a character's name, I'll put first name, last name, one, first name, last name, two, because I <laughs> yeah. haven't picked out a character name or like sometimes like I'll have a character name that I've been thinking of. And then I'm like, oh, no, no, she's totally not a Sarah. She's yeah. a Mackenzie or she's yeah. a Michaela or she's she's this is what the what her character name is. And that comes later. Um, and then I'll just switch to that in the document as I'm working and then remember to change it. I'll write a note to myself in a notebook. Um, but then I forget to do it until I print it out to edit it. Um, so that's, you know, I think that there are a lot of mistakes that you make when you're trying to like write 3000 words a day or a thousand to 3000 words a day. Oh yeah, um, of course. And you know, which, cause sometimes you like, if I'm making, if I'm working off an outline or if I'm, I'm pantsing it, um, I don't have everything figured out. And sometimes like I, like, there were a number of times in NaNoWriMo where it's like, oh yeah, I need to write this scene, but I'd already written that scene. So I have a couple of sections that are really repetitive. And then I'm trying to figure out like which one is better or how do I combine these two scenes because they're so similar. Yeah. No, I, I could see that totally happening. Um, and then I have to figure out, you know, which way am I going with these? So I, I have a little notebook that um, as I'm editing, I'll, I'll make notes on like, okay, uh, which way do I want to go with this? And, you know, which error actually works with the story, which error mm -hmm. doesn't. Um, so what about you? What are the longest documents that you edit in your in your job? Um, well, it, it varies, but mm -hmm. like the longest I've ever edited is only like a 20 page paper. Okay. Um, and those are really rough because you're editing something that you've written and it's, it's more of like a novel kind of right. situation where I'm editing like an academic paper, um, yeah. which the same pattern happens in everybody's writing, including my own. It starts off strong and then it just slowly fades away. Right. So it's really hard to be sitting with the person across from you, nonetheless, to like keep your, your brain active enough to remember what they said at the beginning. Right. Um, so, so yeah, like I would say, so word wise, I mean, a double space type page is about 250 words. So that's like 3000 words, 20 pages. Yeah. So, um, I have a lot of techniques that help me um, when I'm editing the longer papers. One thing I do is I write down their thesis and keep it next to me. Because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times what writers do is they don't refer back to that. And, you know, they have this really great argument at the beginning and then they don't address it ever. Mm -hmm. um, or they stray away from it. So, you know, I do that. Um, so as far as like... I mean, do you want to know like the techniques I use? And... Absolutely. Yeah. So, so what's interesting, I've switched to pen, which is not like me. I know. Um, I, I don't have the name of the pen with me. It's in my bag, but I, on a whim, I was at Staples and they had this sale. It was like three click pens. They were, um, fashion colors. So like <laughs> purple, magenta and turquoise. Was it Bic? Um, maybe like Bic Precision. Okay. I think the pen says Precision on it. It's, it's 0.7 millimeter. Or tip, is it the so pen, Pentel? 
Pentel does a Pentel does a precision, um, and Bic does. I think it's Pentel Precision. Okay. Um, so I bought them just because they were on sale, and I started using them, and it's really helpful because what I was finding with using pencil was I'd have to stop to sharpen. Yep. And when I'm not on someone else's time, that's fine. But a lot of times students will come in and have like 20 minutes. So, you know, especially with colored pencils, sharpening them, tips break off. You got to resharpen it again. So to remove that, uh, you know, from the equation, I just switched to pen and it's, it's not horrible, but when I use pencil, I really like the Caran d'Ache bicolor Mm. 999. Um, it's a bit soft, but I just like the vibrancy of the color. Yeah. I, I do not at all like the CW pencil editor. Um, I do. Um, I, I like it on crappy paper. Okay. Because the pencil part holds up really well on crappy paper. Yeah, because that's why I think I don't like it, because the pencil part, to me, is very hard and scratchy. It is very hard. It's smooth, though. I always thought that the, the pencil part was smooth for I'll crappy revis- paper. I'll have to revisit it on crappy paper. Hmm. I like the bicolor, too, the C- the Carandash bicolor. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so... So again, I I wish that I could find. So I, I I have this new mechanical pencil I I purchased through uh, from Jet Pens. It's a Pentel. It's called the Orens. Oh yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a point three millimeter mm-hmm. pencil, but I can't find red lead for it. I think the smallest they go is point um, five. Yeah. So it's frustrating because that is the perfect when I do have to like write a longer thing, like in someone's, you know, for reworking your thesis or sentence structure, that pencil is perfect for that. Cause it really gets in between, you know, cause people double space, but that's yep. still not enough room. Um, but yeah, I, someone needs to, I, maybe they just can't make smaller red. Did I give lead? you the, I gave you the, um, 0. 0.5 <clears throat> red that jet pen sent us, right? I, I have it right yeah. in my hand. And it's horrible. I don't think that they can get a red 0.3. I don't think it's possible. Like, all I did with that 0.5, I went through, I kept five leads out of that, and I destroyed them all. Like, they click, click, two clicks, broke. Two more clicks, break. Break, 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 break. And then it's super faint. So, like, every time I went to edit with it, I would end up, I'd break the entire lead, and because I... To get any color on the page, you had to press down with it. Even using direct, like, up and down, like, keeping my pencil straight up and down, mm-hmm. it was horrible. I hate that lead. Yeah, I, I have it. I tried it. I agree with you. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I don't like throwing things away. Maybe I'll gather all the things that are horrible and have a horrible giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> or or um, you could do something like the pencil-adjacent swap. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just like do like these are the horrible things I have. Maybe you'll like them. <laughs> yeah, no. I, you know, so it's really a shame that mechanical pencil colored lead just isn't good. Yeah. It's just not good. Um cuz I I like that concept because you always have that sharp point. Right. Um so so yeah, I mean, editing for me, so my personal editing, because uh, um, I'm, I'm working on a thesis, mm-hmm. um, 
I do a lot of digital editing, but like you said, I really like to edit hard copy. Yeah. I find that it helps me interact with my work a little bit more. Uh huh. So I can annotate, I can, you know, and I have it as a record. So when I print out, you know, draft number two, I can see where I was and, you know, where I am now. So right. that's kind of, kind of what I do. And it, it's kind of fun when you finish something and you look back to your first draft and how horrible it was and, and where you are at now. Yeah. When I was in grad school, I did a lot of printing things out, doing several different drafts. And, you know, because I'm old and when I was in, in my undergrad, we had to keep all of our um, printed drafts to okay. prove that you we weren't um, plagiarizing? plagiarizing. Yeah. And now they just do everything oh. electronically to prove it. Yeah. But, you know, um, disk space was so minuscule back then that, <laughs> yeah. you know, you could fill up an entire computer with one, like, one paper depending on its size, and it would, you know, be 13 different drafts. Like, my senior year, I wrote a semiotics paper that was 35 pages long, Mm -hmm. and it took, I don't know, four or five discs. Oh, God. Yeah, it was, yeah. There's. I never want to go back to that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so glad for cloud storage now. Um, and I think one thing I just thought of a tool that I use, which is a mistake a lot of people make, but it's legitimately the mistake I always make. Um, I use passive voice a lot. Yeah. Now when you write a novel, I mean, you can do what you want. I mean, there's still rules of grammar and it's not grammatically incorrect to use passive voice. It's just suggested to avoid. Yeah. Um, but I found this amazing website. It's a passive voice detector. So you copy paste your writing into Mm. it and it points out, you know, all the instances where you use it. And sometimes it's incorrect, but what they have now is they have a zombie test. So so after each passive voice phrase, it adds by zombies to see if the (laughs) sentence makes sense. And if it makes sense, it's passive voice. Ah. So, you know, like, um, for example, like the example they give, um, you know, grandma was calling by zombies doesn't make sense. Um, you know, whereas every Friday he gets paid by zombies makes grammatical sense. So right. it's a way to like, you know, analyze what the detector picks up, but right. you know, so fun things like that. I've never used Grammarly. Um, <clears throat> there's a website. It's really kind of like, I found it on a like a random search. It's called paperrader.com. Hmm. I don't like the fact that it predicts a grade for you because everything I put in there says A. And I mean, I'm a good student, but like, you know, it, its algorithm is a little off. Like how many vocabulary words do you use? How many, right. you know, shit like that. But it, it, it picks up a lot of grammatical errors and, and word usage stuff. Right. So. Well, the, also, um, for creative writing, there's a website called Hemingway, where mm-hmm. you can cut and paste your stuff in there, and it kind of, like, it highlights awkwardly phrased sentences <clears throat> and a lot of other things. So that's a really useful website, yeah. too. And 
I mean, obviously I'm a bit biased here, but nothing replaces another human editor. Oh yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, like I'm, I'm sitting down with my stuff, um, because, you know, in graduate school, we had to, we, we did a lot of our own editing. We could use the writing center, but uh-huh. it worked better if you went in with it mostly edited, Correct. um, before you went to the writing center. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, I think being trained in that sort of way, it's not really a training, but it is, you know, it's like training through experience. Having yeah. that sort of experience of editing my own work throughout graduate school, even though, you know, what I was writing then is very different than what I'm writing now. Um, and then also editing and writing my own thesis. And we had to do ours like chapter by chapter. So like each section ah. of our thesis, like I did section one, turned it in and that had to be pretty much ready to go. Like okay. it was expected to be chapter one would be almost finished. And then when you did chapter two, it would be almost finished. And then chapter three, almost finished. You know, like those sections should be almost finished when you turn them in. Yeah. And then your your professor would, you know, if your professor was better than mine, your, your thesis advisor slash professor would send it back to you with edits relatively quickly mm-hmm. um, so that you could respond and then send it back. And generally, you know, that for most people went back and forth once or twice. Um, in my case, I didn't get mine back until i had three sections sent in but oh god oh you have no idea i'm so bitter i'm still bitter (laughs) i'm still angry about this um but you know like that i think having that experience um i think was really really helpful for um what i do now with my writing okay um but you know also then when i finish my round of edits i'm going to pass it off to chris and, you know, attorneys have their own version of, like, how they write and what they do. And it's very formal. But mm-hmm. that also makes her a ridiculously good editor. Yeah. Um, like, there's her bullshit radar is on high all of the time. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, their grammar has to be on point. Like, they can't just go writing whatever willy-nilly. And, you know, so... It, she's a really good editor. So that I think will take care of all of like my grammar problems. And also she'll be able to pick out like, okay, there are continuity errors here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'll get to that point soon enough. Yeah, no. <clears throat> and that's the same thing with like psychology writing. Um, because I work at a writing center that is for all students. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time it's not psychology, which is disappointing, mm-hmm. but so sometimes the, the English majors that I work with will read a paper and not really pick up on stuff, mm. but then I look at it and because I'm not familiar with the topic as much or whatever, I can, I can really pick out things that don't make sense. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so I wanted to go back and touch upon the, uh, bicolor pencils again. I've yes. been I've been planning a second follow-up blog post to my first bicolor roundup. Okay. Um but I have I've just not gotten around to it. And so I'm just going to go out there and I'm I'm going to say that my favorite bicolor pencil is the Mitsubishi uh 2637. Okay. Um it has decent um pigmentation, so the color is really good. Mm-hmm. Um and the point retention on it is relatively decent, but what I like about it is that it doesn't crumble. It's not overly waxy. 
Um, it's not super smooth. It doesn't slide across the page the way this uh, Coran Dash does. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of grips it a little more. But it has a really nice tomato red, like an orangey red mm-hmm. shade that I just really like. Oh. So that's my favorite. Oh. I don't think I've ever used one. I think you'd like it. It's a it it do, it has a seventy uh, thirty so it's seventy percent um, red. red and then thirty percent blue. Okay, I mean that makes sense. I don't use blue as much, obviously. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, I burn through the red much more quickly. So, any other thoughts on editing? Um, not really. I mean, it's kind of weird to talk about something I do for a job. Um, like in the sense of like, I just came from work and just did some editing. Like I think I I thought I would have more to say about the topic. (laughs) Um, I think it's important to understand that at the end of the day, there's a lot of subjectivity Mm -hmm. that, that happens. So, you know, it's one thing to fix grammar, punctuation, all that kind of stuff, but you know, when an editor annotates your stuff and says, you know, one of the things I would get all through school is so what, who cares, you know, like those ego shots, you know, like, so you have to understand that, that everybody's different. And what I tell people all the time is, you know, in my situation, when they come in for, for help, people gravitate towards like their favorite tutor. And that's not beneficial because I'm good at this, but not good at that. So, right show it to several people. Don't Mm -hmm. like, don't just use one person and be like, all right, I'm done. You know, like they're right because it's not representative. I mean, there's so many factors that go into how your stuff is edited. The person's mood, the person's opinion of you. It shouldn't be that way, but that's just life. Right. Um, That's why, you know, some of the best professors I've had actually have you put your name on the last page of the paper. Yeah. Because they don't want to know who wrote the paper Mm -hmm. because they don't want to be biased. Yeah. So, yeah. So definitely show it to more than one person. um, And realize, unless they're being obviously cruel, that like, you know, I mean, I know when I first started having my stuff edited, it hurt. Like it was embarrassing. I made a lot of mistakes. It just, you know, but it's it's constructive and it's just going to make you a better writer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I feel like stuff is never finished edited, you know, and never yeah. finished with editing. Like, I feel like you could edit final works, you know? Yeah. You get, well, you get to a point where you're like, okay, this is good enough. This uh-huh. is, I'm happy enough with this. It's not perfect. It'll never be perfect. Um, and this is good enough. Yeah. I kind of have this hierarchy of needs, kind of like, uh, was it Maslow's? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, not not at all like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but grammar, punctuation, that is the first thing that needs to be perfect. Absolutely. From there, um, continuity is important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, flow is another thing that's yep. important. But then after that, it kind of trickles down a little bit to stuff that is important, but, you know, like... Um, you know, how engaging is your story? I mean, that's completely up to the reader or how, how does this, you know, read in general? Like, does this, does this match, you know, I'm writing a 
dramatic novel does that match with the mm. tone that I'm, you know, so, so that kind of stuff, while it's important, doesn't need to be perfect. Right. It's like, so I keep going back to this, this book that, and I know, I don't want to mention the name and I don't want to mention the author, okay. um, the author's name because it was horrible. Okay. Um, it was well-written. So, yeah. um, there were no grammatical errors. There were no typos. Like all of that hierarchy was taken care of. Yeah. Um, but what happened was around two thirds of the way into the story, it went from being kind of a fluffy romance with some graphic sex to uh-huh. a, oh my God, it's a like horror story about domestic violence. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, that's like two different novels there. It was. And so what had happened was I think that, you know, the alpha reader, readers and beta readers never said to this author or the editors never said, you need to foreshadow this because yeah. everything that occurred in the novel was not like that last two thirds of the book was not foreshadowed. Like what ended up happening, like as a, just a brief explanation, the main love interest or the main character and the main love interest, the main character was supposed to have all of these self-esteem issues mm-hmm. um, and basically um, had been in a really difficult relationship and had run away. It didn't mention, okay. like none of her self-esteem issues were mentioned, um, which, you know, you can kind of assume if someone's having in a domestic violence situation there might be some um self-esteem issues but you know like it wasn't foreshadowed it wasn't told you know you got to tell that in the story yes and then like the character's response to breaking up with her significant other wasn't foreshadowed either and that led to the domestic violence and so None of this was foreshadowed. And so it like smacked me in the face as I was reading it. And I like, as I'm like reading through, I was like, well, if I had alpha read this, or if I'd been asked to like beta read this, I would have, you know, said, hey, you really need to foreshadow this because it took me by surprise. And I couldn't buy into the idea that she would go back to her ex-boyfriend after being in this relationship, that she would be so devastated. She would return to an abusive relationship. Yeah. And also her, why would her family go along with it? They know the guy's a douchebag. Why would her family pay for a wedding? Like there were all of these other things that I was just like, this makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. Um, But that's one of those things that it could have been the author's arrogance, or it could have been that Mm -hmm. she had her friends alpha or beta read it for her. And no one felt comfortable enough to say, this needs to be foreshadowed or just wanted to say, this is wonderful. Or maybe she had no one alpha or beta read it and just yeah. edit, just did the editing or paid someone to do the editing uh, or ju- to do line edits. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I mean, unless you have a wife like you who can edit for you for free, you know, some people don't want to spend that money. And I mean, I charge a reasonable rate now, but when I have a degree, that, that price is going to double or even triple. Yeah. So like... It's not cheap, you know, right. $60 an hour, you know, is not cheap for a self-published person. Right. But also the alternative is, is that if you can set your work aside, sometimes you can look at it with a fresh light, fresh eye and yeah. edit it better. Like there are, t- like I have stuff that I've written for NaNoWriMo years ago that I've set aside. And now when I look at it, 
I can see where a lot of my writing errors were and continuity errors were. And mm-hmm. I've, I've gotten much better. Like, I can see that in the stuff that I wrote last November. Because I've gotten so much better at training myself to look for that stuff. And I've trained myself to look for that stuff by reading a lot of crap. Exactly. And I think a lot of people aren't honest with themselves. Um, No. And so, you know, you want to get out there, you want to publish, and you want to self-publish. But at the same time, like, you have to be honest with what your writing looks like. And, you know, mine is still not good enough to publish. I know that. I'll get to a point where it is. Exactly. So. So anyway, everyone should, you know, get an editor. Yes. And, you know, edit yourself what you can. Use alpha readers. Use beta readers. I'm really excited. I'm going to start beta reading for someone. Cool. Um, and it's, um, interestingly enough, a poly romance novel. So I'm looking forward yeah. to, um, to beta reading that. That's really cool. Yeah. So that would be very cool. Anyway, I think we've uh we've gone it's we're a little short this week, but that's because I mean, we, we don't have Lenore. We don't have Lenore. Yeah. Exactly. I mean I think not having a third voice takes about twenty minutes away from a podcast. I agree. And you know, not having Lenore uh leaves a little hole in my heart. Yeah, it makes me sad. It does, me too. I miss her laughter. Oh, yeah. And, you know, also the, like, her sciencey nerdiness. I miss that. Lenore, right? we miss you. Yes. I think that should be the title of the episode. Perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm going to do, uh, the, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, check out stuff. All right. Yeah. So I would like to take a moment to thank everyone for all of their supportive words on the website and comments and the Facebook group, all of the poor people who are following me on Twitter and getting, (laughs) getting not what they expected at all. Um, uh, Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) So it's really wonderful to get so much support from everyone, um, having people listen, having people comment. And I just want to give everyone a quick thanks for continuing to support us and continuing to join the Facebook group. If you have a moment, if you would like other people to find our podcast, the best way to help us in that is to go to iTunes and give us a rating. You know, five stars is great. Four stars is awesome. You know, if you don't like us that much, don't, you know, don't do it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, give us, give us some ratings over on iTunes. It helps people find the podcast. It helps jump us up in the ratings. Although I have no idea where we're rated right now. I haven't, um, I did get a message from iTunes saying that they now um, have statistics. Um, But I haven't had a chance to look at it after being sick. um, What was it like three weeks ago? Um, My ass has been kicked. Um, like I just have not been on game. I haven't been on point in ages. Um, I'm still hacking, still coughing and it's just awful. Yeah. Bronchitis sucks, man. It's awful. Nobody got time for that. No, I don't have time for that. All I do, like I come home, read and sleep. Like my, like I am so far, I'm like three weeks behind on everything. I have interviews that I want to conduct. I have, uh, you know, pod like 
podcasts I need to edit. I have uh, blog posts I need to post. And I just, <laughs> I, I have photos and I have blog posts actually written. I just haven't posted them because literally I come home from work and I read for an hour and then pass out on the couch. Yeah, so- no, I, I get over being sick too. I didn't have bronchitis. I just had a cold, but even that, like I'm still coughing a week and a half later. And yeah. I went, I went to bed at nine 45 the other night. Like, yeah, it's just, it just, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just cause it's so cold this winter. I mean, I, I don't know. It hasn't even been that cold. Like in comparison, well, in, I'm cold. Well, you're cold. I'm not cold. My, like my house is like 90 degrees because the pellet stove has like one setting. So oh. our, so our living room is literally, it's either 80 degrees or 60 degrees. Usually it's 80 degrees. Oh. So, <laughs> you know, I, we take it, but yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, get some sleep. I need to get more sleep. I'm going to go read and then conk out on the couch after this. Even with all the coffee? Yeah. I Like, that's, like, the weird thing. Like, even... Because normally, if I drink coffee after 1 o'clock, I can't sleep all night. Now, I'm, like, I'm falling asleep after, like, a pot of coffee. Which just tells me I need more coffee. Maybe I'll brew up up another pot. You're going to turn into Johnny. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've got so much coffee in my bloodstream, I turn into Johnny Gamber. I'll have to do yeah. another guest spot on Erasables. Yes. yes um, be- yeah, it would be. All right. So anyway, <clears throat> you can find the podcast online at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. You can find me, Les, at comfortableshoesstudio.com, Facebook at comfortableshoesstudio.com, Instagram and Twitter at original LC Harper. And you can find my new podcast between the folds.club there. D what about you? Um, you can find me at theweeklypencil.com on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the weekly pencil. I will say that I am not active on Facebook and probably won't be until May 23rd, which is the day after graduation. All right. But I, I try to check in every now and then. So I have not disappeared. I'm here. <laughs> and you can find Lenore over at Twitter at Lenore underscore Hoyt, Facebook at the Erasable Podcast Group and the RSVP Stationary Podcast Group. Um, thank you, Dee, for sitting and chatting with me about editing. It was super nerdy. I always love yes. it. Yes, it was. I love when you get nerdy with me. I know. It's the best thing ever. It really is. 